Hello and welcome to yet another edition of the Innovation Journal. Today I will be talking about the road to net zero and whether hydrogen uh, will be to the rescue. So I'll be looking at hydrogen and uh, its importance in the current discourse on the uh, decarbonizing economic systems. So if you've been listening to the news or you've been watching this uh, innovation space very closely, uh, especially in the lead up to Glasgow, you would re realize that low carbon hydrogen is ramping up and jurisdictions are committing resources to accelerate this process. For them, you see this uh, fuel as a key component of their long-term climate strategies. So in recent years, a number of countries and regions like Australia, the European Union, Germany, Japan, and Spain, and sub-national jurisdictions like California and New South Wales in Australia have issued hydrogen strategies or plans. In most cases, they are part of a long-term commitment to reduce greenhouse gas emissions and fight climate change. But if you go beyond the numbers, if you go beyond the headlines, you realize that there are other reasons as well. So what I'll be looking at in this uh, episode of the Innovation Journal is to look at hydrogen and why it has emerged as a critical piece in the transition to net zero. Why? And to me, that's a very important question, don't you think? But first, uh, before we tackle that, uh, what is hydrogen? What is hydrogen? Anybody who's done a bit of science knows about hydrogen. Uh, even if you are not very good at science, like, uh, you know, you still have to do something or learn something about hydrogen, especially on the periodic table. So hydrogen uh, is the first element on the periodic table. It is colorless and odorless and abundant. Actually, it makes up about 75% of our known universe. To be able to uh, release hydrogen, energy must be used to break the bond that hydrogen has with other elements in order to release it from the materials where it is naturally found, for example, in water, uh, so as to, to create pure hydrogen gas. That's what needs to be done. There are various ways to make hydrogen, like using water, fossil fuels, renewable fuels, and biomass, for example, forestry and crop uh, residues. So depending on how it is produced, hydrogen has a potential to be a low carbon fuel. It can also have a different name. It can be blue or it can be brown, <laughs> depending on how it is formed. So let's look at the history. Is it new? Why? And uh, is why not? So uh, for the people that are interested in the historical aspects of hydrogen development, so let me say that hydrogen was discovered as a flammable gas in the 18th century. So it's not new. It was used for street lighting before electricity became widespread and economical to use in public spaces. You know, hydrogen also gained importance as a fuel in the systems for space travel. Space travel. And in the 1970s, it emerged as an alternative energy concept during the 
oil price uh, crisis, if you remember that. For those of uh, you who are old enough to remember, uh, those were heady times. But it also ushered in interest in hydrogen. And then, interest waned in the 1990s when energy prices became low. Access to cheap oil uh, led to a decline in interest in developing hydrogen. But then, uh, renewed global interest in has recently grown as decreasing hydrogen production costs have made projects more economically feasible and as, as we also look at ways to help lower greenhouse gas emissions. So this is a confluence of so many other factors. So you had the uh, cheap oil that was affecting demand for an interest in hydrogen and now you have uh, the, the the cost of hydrogen production still high but has been reducing and this makes uh you know uh, production of hydrogen now economically feasible and the renewed interest in achieving a net zero target has also uh, re-energized people to look at this uh, particular area of uh, this field so what are the types of hydrogen as i said earlier on uh, depending on how it is produced, you could have uh, hydrogen as green, blue, or green, uh, gray. You know, green hydrogen is made using low carbon sources like electricity from the national grid or renewable organic material like biomass. But when we talk about blue hydrogen, it's also made from natural gas with carbon capture used as storage. Gray hydrogen, on the other hand, is made from natural gas. When we talk about low-carbon hydrogen, we refer to the smaller carbon footprint of the hydrogen production method that is used as compared to other methods uh, in uh, blue and green hydrogen production. Currently and globally, uh, the most dominant approach uh, to the production of hydrogen is higher carbon hydrogen uh, from natural gas, so what you call it grey hydrogen. This process, which uh, called steam methane reformation, is the cheapest way to make hydrogen now. So low carbon hydrogen, uh, currently we produce that using other sources, but it only represents 0.5% of the global market share. So the dominant mode of production of hydrogen now is the uh, use of uh, natural gas so and um, that is high carbon uh, intensive it's very carbon intensive but the uh, green hydrogen uh, it only represents a small percentage of the global market share that's a very significant challenge if we uh, to make hydrogen production as environmentally friendly as uh, we'd like it to be so I've already given uh, some modes of production, but then how, how is it specifically produced? Well, hydrogen can be produced through electrolysis. Electrolysis is uh, formed by electrolysis using electricity uh, to split water into hydrogen and oxygen atoms. Oh, you know this, maybe I should just skip the signs and it is the reverse of the chemical reaction that takes place in a fuel cell. So biomass gasification is also another mode of production. 
Uh, this uses a controlled process involving heat, steam, and oxygen, and then we use that to convert biomass to hydrogen and other products without combustion. When we use uh, renewable natural gas in the system, we lowered carbon uh, intensity of hydrogen from steam, uh, steam methane reformation. Carbon capture using storage is also a process where we capture carbon dioxide from sources like natural gas fired electricity generator or fossil fuel produced hydrogen. And we either use it or uh, store it so that it does not enter into the atmosphere. Apart from steam methane reformation, uh, we could also uh, produce hydrogen and other forms, you know, less carbon intensive forms. We can, once we've produced the hydrogen, hey, we need to distribute that. So I'm talking about all this to let you know about the, uh, the supply chain and what it takes for us to transform hydrogen into a usable format. So once we have produced the hydrogen, it must be moved or distributed as a gas through dedicated pipelines or as a liquid in ships or trucks to fuel stations. You know, like, much like you filling up your car with gasoline. Currently, distribution infrastructure for hydrogen is, is very limited. There are efforts underway in places like the Rhone Alps uh, in France uh, to create hydrogen corridors and connected infrastructure. But this is uh, expected to take some time. Um, and um, as we expand the infrastructure, demand for this is going to also increase. But that is uh, something that investors and governments are looking at uh, expanding and promoting. Hydrogen has many uses. It has wide applicability. As I said in the beginning, it used to be uh, part of uh, space travel. Uh, it used to be used to power street lights, you know, in the 1800s, well before electricity became ubiquitous. But the main uses for hydrogen currently are in refineries, um, fertilizer production. But as I've already said, um, Hydrogen is versatile and can be a clean fuel alternative or complement to fossil fuels like coal, natural gas, diesel, and gasoline over the medium to long term. Areas of application include industry, buildings, electricity, and transportation. In industrial processes, low-carbon hydrogen could actually replace the hydrogen made from natural gas that's currently used as a chemical input in fertilizer production and in oil refineries. Projections indicate that by 2040, hydrogen is expected to become cost-competitive low-carbon solution in high-temperature industrial applications globally. For example, in steel and cement production. Well, it could even be faster if we look at the moonshots, um, the uh, experiments and competitions recently launched by the U.S. Department of Energy, where they are now uh, asking innovators to come up with new ways of hydrogen production that will bring the price uh, of hydrogen kilowatt hour much lower. Uh, by about 80%, you know, 
by 2030. So, yes. It is possible that you will be able to reduce the cost of hydrogen to a level that will make it so competitive compared to other ways of production. When that is achieved, hydrogen can be we can use that to balance electricity supply with consumer demand by controlling when electricity use. For example, when we produce hydrogen using electrolyzers, there is more supply not producing during periods of peak demand. Hydrogen can also be used as a form of electricity storage by using electricity to make hydrogen, storing the hydrogen, and when needed, we it can be used in fuel cells or burning generators to make electricity. Uh, in this case, hydrogen would compete with other electricity storage technologies. Combined heat and power is also an area of applicability. Hydrogen could be uh, considered a low carbon source of uh, electricity or combined power for remote communities that currently rely on diesel generators. So there are many uh, areas where may, uh, villages and communities are not connected to the electricity grid and what they do use are diesel engines or gen diesel generators and these pump up fumes that uh, cause uh, pollution problems, uh, breathing problems and ultimately premature deaths. So if we use uh, hydrogen we can replace all these diesel power generators and the, uh, eliminate the associated uh, air pollution related deaths. One other area that also offers promise in the use of um, uh, hydrogen is transportation. Hydrogen can complement battery technology in replacing fossil fuels for vehicles, especially with commercial vehicles, buses, commuter trains, ferries, and forklifts. According to the International Energy Agency, they identify hydrogen as the leading option to reduce greenhouse gas emissions from long distance and long haul road transport, and that could be cost competitive by 2030 globally. But the cost of uh, the cost competitiveness of hydrogen uh, would depend on the cost of fossil cells, hydrogen competing fuels, as well as the availability of fuel stations. Several companies currently are using hydrogen forklifts in their warehouses. I've seen some where these are being used uh, and because they are already cost competitive when operated for 24 hours. Some vehicle manufacturers, like Renault and others, have also developed hydrogen add-ons for using their cars, like the Renault Kangoo, for delivery and logistics. Buildings and communities can benefit from the use of hydrogen. Uh, Low-carbon hydrogen, for instance, can be blended into natural gas and distributed through natural gas pipelines. Uh, this will make natural gas cleaner. Uh, this also acts as uh, an energy storage mechanism because the blended natural gas can be used to heat or cool space and water in homes and businesses. Hydrogen can also be burned directly in a furnace. In this case, Hydrogen would complement other technologies like electric heat pumps and renewable natural gas. You know, for attention to be directed towards hydrogen, then there must be something going for this particular element. 
sous-wide hydrogen. For many jurisdictions, hydrogen is an integral part of a long-term climate strategy. It is low carbon and can help reduce greenhouse gas emissions. The opportunities that a hydrogen economy presents for generating economic development and jobs, creating new energy, facilitating long-term uh, economic recovery and promoting energy resilience has also made it an attractive option. In fact, the EU considers hydrogen as a central element of its European Green Deal and its new energy system integration strategy. So for the EU, the priority now is to develop clean, renewable hydrogen with cumulative investments between 180 and 470 billion euros in Europe by 2050. The EU expects the green hydrogen economy to create 1 million new jobs for highly qualified personnel in the EU by 2030 and up to 5 0.4 million by 2050. To this end, the blocks 2 by 40 gigawatt green hydrogen initiative of the Hydrogen Europe, it promotes the growth of 40 gigawatts of green hydrogen production in the EU. That's huge. And they're also looking at cheaper projects in many places uh, like Ukraine and North Africa. So they are not just looking at the, uh, the uh, geographical sphere of Europe, they're also looking at North Africa uh, for part of this uh, big green hydrogen initiative. So far, the, the, there is an estimate that the total investments uh, would be around, like you said, 430 uh, billion to uh, 400, you know, uh, 70 billion by 2050 and uh, there is an intention to also provide about 145 billion euros in support I mean grants and subsidies so to ramp up hydrogen production and as part of this huge european hydrogen strategy not just subsidies and grants but also capital investments uh, in europe and in other adjoining jurisdictions. Meanwhile, if you look at this, in addition to all the uh, investments we made, if you look at the market for hydrogen, it is expected to grow. And this has attracted business as well as governmental interest. According to Bloomberg New uh, Energy Finance estimates, annual uh, global sales of hydrogen could reach 700 billion uh, US dollars by 2050, assuming that strong supportive governments are in place. Uh, to do this, uh, to achieve this level of investment, this would require uh, 11 trillion dollars uh, in investments uh, in production, storage and transportation infrastructure globally. And this could provide a basis for hydrogen to meet 24% of the world's energy demand by 2050. For investors, these numbers are really enticing, you know, and offer reason for continued interest. If I were to be an investor looking at a $700 billion uh, new sector, that would also connect and provide jobs and address a fundamental crisis, climate change. Then uh, for an ethical investor, I would be interested uh, in 
you know the expansion of this particular sector and lowering the cost to make it cost competitive so no wonder you know uh, the private sector has started making significant low carbon hydrogen investment globally recent investments uh, to promote the use wider include a joint venture between the volvo group and nermler uh, truck company uh, they have a fuel cell production facility in vancouver and the goal is to develop fuel cells for heavy uh, trucking and other applications. What specific steps are jurisdictions using? So besides setting targets and releasing hydrogen strategies, many jurisdictions are also using a variety of tools to support the use of hydrogen. I've talked about um, subsidies, but there are also technology pilots and also uh, regulation, sandboxing regulation to support production, distribution and use. Uh, for example, they are setting zero and low emissions vehicle mandates for light, medium and heavy duty vehicles. Some countries are attaching financial commitments to their strategy. Germany, for instance, uh, committed $9 billion over the next decade, uh, while others like Spain, planning to rely on investments from the private sector. When you look at Germany's strategy, they're also seeking to leverage partnerships uh, with plans to invest 7 billion euros or their budgeted 9 billion uh, on its own national market while additional have been arranged for hydrogen projects in uh, Ukraine uh, and Morocco. Recently, the Canadian government uh, released a hydrogen strategy and is working with provinces on developing regional hydrogen blueprints. So it's uh, a mix of uh, carrots and sticks uh, as jurisdictions seek to ramp up the production of hydrogen. Uh, and But all in all, the cooperation with the private sector is something that everybody uh, agrees is very, very important and is pursuing. So let me uh, conclude by saying that hydrogen has become an important element on the road to net zero. And it's not surprising. It is abundant, it has low carbon potential, and it's versatile. And that makes it an attractive option for the decarbonization of the transportation, building, and energy sector. But, and this is something that is very dear to me, to make it truly green, the production the distribution and use of hydrogen will require investment transformation and a conscious effort or dedication to making it low carbon. We also need to make pricing competitive. And this would demand action in other areas, including the removal probably of uh, unsustainable fossil fuel subsidies. Partnerships, ongoing government support, and clear policy direction will still be needed. And that is something that we need to pursue. Hydrogen. This is something that we need to pay attention to over the next decade as it holds significant opportunities in the quest for a net zero future. Thank you once again and hope you can join me Dr. Ernesto Poco watching on the next episode of the Innovation Journal. See ya.